Hello, Namaste. I welcome you all to the 84th session of Ayurveda. This session is brought to you by easyayurveda.com. I dedicate this and all of my works at the holy feet of Dr. H. Chandrasekhar Udipa. This class is uh, live, uh, made live uh, possible for Easy Ayurveda weekly class subscribers. In the last session, we discussed regarding the Gulkand, which is prepared with the rose petals and the candy sugar. Can it be taken for a long or can it not be taken for long? With another guide, under the guidance of uh, Guruja sir, it was concluded that it's good to have, but not, not so very good to have during all seasons. It is especially useful in pitta dominant disorders and seasons such as summer and autumn. Guruja, let's discuss regarding the rose uh, as, as it is one of the flowers which are, is almost worldwide available and has a, a huge range of potential benefits. Rose, uh, definitely, it is one of the potent herbs. Particularly, its flowers. Two important things are prepared out of this. That one is gulkan. The other one is the rose water on application to the face in order to enhance the varna or the color or the complexion. Usually, multani material or something like that will be added with the rose water and it is applied wherever there is a burning sensation. Rose water is applied and gulkan is very commonly used one for the purpose of um, nutrition value, taste as well as pitta nullifying effect or pitta pacifying effect is there and as a uh, important one there are plenty of varieties of roses are there but very peculiarly there's a bunch of roses which are uh, it's also called as in canada as a paneer gulabi that's one one which is usually used for this it has a typical odor as well as taste and of course it is usually in a pink color which is most abundantly available and it is used for all these purposes of course wherever there is ulceration or wherever there is a pitta dominancy burning sensation daha and such other conditions and wherever because of the ushnata the person is getting weak and weak day by day in those conditions gulkan particularly with uh, made out of uh, peculiarly rose because we, we have gulkan made out of many other plant petals also flower petals so very specifically in the rose petals where it is involved in the gulkan that is usually given with the butter as well as sometimes with even the banana many combinations are available so that will be soothing as well as promoting kapha to some extent so with a person's uh, uh, individual character or prakruti we need to understand how much one can consume it so it is not should be taken it should not be taken throughout the year it may not be good but periodically whenever it is required it can be definitely used and it will be nourishing and whatever the drugs or whatever the things except those fall under the category of rasayana only those should be taken till the target is achieved so when initially we start any drug for when you're keeping in mind a particular target once that is achieved drug has to be stopped or it should be tapered down to some level which is very much therapeutically has no value uh, sanskrit synonyms given in uh, various uh, nigandos shatapatri and Tharuni are quite commonly used, although some other synonyms are also given to explain rose. And uh, classical categorization, Bhav Prakasha Nagantu specifically uh, mentions it in the group of flowers that is Pushpavarga and Kayadeva Nagantu, Rajanagantu have uh, their own classifications. Can you please explain regarding the properties and its uh, potential benefits, sir? Definitely, it is a little bit of thicker but it is not so severely tikta, but it is a very mild tikta and kachaya in nature. Madura cannot be uh, straight away elicited or appreciated once it is taken. And by nature it is lagu and is snigda in nature, but it is still komala, we call it as we can, it should be soothing. 
and of course in vipaka it is madura and virya is sheetha even though it is tridoshahara but it is predominantly pitta shamaka and it is good to the heart that's the reason many times whenever we do some svedana purposes on heart or something like that even to the eyes we try to cover those areas with these cooling petals so that in that the rose petals are also used in order to give an ambience as well as a touch of class a richness as well as something which is very much uh, pharmacologically active ingredient something like that with that intention of pacifying the pitta or bringing the coolness to the body so usually uh, rose is used and of course it's um, typically tukrala in nature because of its potent sheetha guna it's not because of any other rasa or anything that but shukrala is because of its sheetha guna and probably due to this reason maybe it is used as part of a pan i mean in in the especially uh, when we make a pan gulkandi is used as an ingredient and uh, right it's a uh, dry powder and distillate arka uh, are used in, in that and uh, you know these are basic ones and uh, go, going quickly with the uh, different sort of sort of uses those petals uh, dry dry petals are applied over the wounds for healing paste of the petals is applied in the body to control excessive sweating and also to give pleasant smell uh, so it is one of the contenders which is used frequently used in treating excessive sweating uh, so, uh, because of various uh, reasons the extract of the rose petals is used as drops for eye wash uh, to relieve burning sensation and also uh, to relieve that uh, irritation due to com- com- computer vision syndrome and the dry paste of the petals of rose is taken internally in a dose of 5 grams along with milk to treat gastritis and duodenal ulcers so it uh, a gargle its cream with essential oil etc are also there in the uh, use coming to the different references of rose in the different nikantus i have just made a collage of uh, thing and it is explained here uh, you know all, all the pharmacological actions that are explained in different nikantus i have collated here can you please take us through this sir these are all uh, even very commonly we are pointing out only at the handling of pitta for that purposes we can use these rose petals or rose in the different forms maybe dry powdered rose petal dry powder is also available commonly used one is for the purpose of giving hridaya effect or cardiotonic or coolant effect to the mind as well as the heart and another one is very importantly what we are using is for the purpose of varnia when it promotes the skin complexion for that purpose we are using it in many form that rose water and rose petals in the form of lepa and all those things and very comfortably we used in many pans and anything which where it's a shukrala action as well as it's a clear odor a peculiar odor is there that the flavor gives the good uh, called as mukha prakshalana dravya for that purpose they are using it and regarding the uh, grahi action of course it is very good um, thing in ibs as well as ulcerative colitis it is very coolant it uh, even helps in healing the wounds and ulcers inside the gut and of course it will be very beneficial and digestion process it's not a, such a big improvement of digestion can be seen from this because it is not going to help in that way only when there is vidagdha pitta then 
it may help to some extent to reduce the pitta and bring about the proper balancing of pitta thereby helps the digestion and of course dahara is one of its important function for that we use in many many places maybe even for when we are doing some svedana karma if any organ has to be protected the area will be covered with petals of rose then it is tied with some erenda patra something like that or some coverings then the svedana is given and of course in the laryngitis and such type of laryngitis conditions it can be used if it is involvement of pitta is there otherwise it is not going to help in any much way but it, it is a very good one when applying for mukadushika like pimples it can be applied even to the scars to some extent and of course it reduces the trishna burning sensation as well as trishna so that's why many times rose petals are added to the drinks coolant drinks in order to enhance its coolness and it is kashaya and so it, it can slightly potentially increase kapha dosha correct sir if it is mixed with sugar and or banana or something like that then it is given then it potentiates the kapha dosha otherwise simply side by taking them it is not going to increase the kapha dosha to such an extent because it is not such a strong kapha dosha vardaka it's only to a marginal one yeah and and any interesting thing is one of the negatives explains it as harshada probably this is the reason why one is that uh, you know aggravated pitta uh, often leads to short tempered nature anger outburst so it really help is helpful literally in co- cooling and calming the mind and probably that is also the reason why is also used in uh, a lot in in the park and i seen in the in the explanation of tambula uh, it is told something like washkya meaning pan uh, is useful to like control the mind of the uh, you know other person so this being you know pleasant and having a pleasant smell probably helps there also mm, establishing these things is very typically uh, difficult one uh, maybe because you see harshata pleasant useful in depression we don't know the cause of depression but if a person has an ability to understand or appreciate the particular smell or its touch or its cooling effect definitely it will be harshada otherwise it is not going to help in any way so even in tambula uh, of course it controls the mind of other person i don't know how it is going to control the other person mind tambula it is specifically used particularly these rose petals are used for the purpose of mouth freshening effect and of course it is a coolant one so for those two important things are vakra dosha you can call it as to remove that one it is used to some extent if it is used with uh, like karpura or even with um, some sharkara sugar candy definitely it will help to increase the shukra to some extent uh, this is just a Uh, the reference from bhav prakash guruchari varga regarding tambula it says washam here in the second line so i'm pointing out to start and, and also like uh, in ancient times I, i know it's very hard to prove it like uh, modern things as whenever there is business agreement is to be made or when uh, you know the bride and groom alliance is to be made usually there the exchange of tambula was happening so probably that was a, a reason and uh, it is and we may have an advertisement saying that you just invite the baratis with a particular type of thing that advertisement is there so maybe because of that reason but once we have agreement and mindset to that these are the two they have agreement i mean there are accepted both of them and they are going to get married then all other things is only just a show it has to go on Uh, so there we cannot say simply just because simply giving something will come washia but of course 
whenever something has to be given even though it's a protocol based one if something goes wrong then there will be difficulties in arranging marriages that's very common it happens yeah not an expert of uh, rose lotus and other <laughs> uh, guru sir has given a beautiful explanation about rose and its uses sir regarding uh, washya i would uh, like to add can it be addicting so once you start using it like you are addicted to that washya it takes you under washya rather than we imparting washya effect on somebody else could it be like that also correct me if i am wrong guru sir uh, typically uh, it can be understood in both the ways that if you give to offer to somebody then he will be uh, feeling good with that because of uh, its a taste as well as its aroma and all those things and if you are regularly consuming tambula with these things then of course you will be get addicted because of its smell and taste and all those things so we can understand it in both the ways but but in any way it is not a such a strong uh, one there are very other strong addictives are there i cannot uh, say that, uh, that because just because it is useful with tambula rose may become so such an addictive one that depends from person like, to person uh, rose addictive because of its beautiful appearance and tambula addictive because of its taste <laughs> and jayrago has written probably that's why red roses are given as gifts absolutely to make the environment pleasant yeah and we can also consider these two washya and harsha also i think no harsha sir harsha was there somewhere in harsha is there with rose yeah harsha uh, is there with rose harsha is the word often used with vajikarana and and uh, rose is also vrushya like uh, it has an effect of uh, sukra enhancing so with these two features also it can be Uh, considered when we sum up all these things it can be washya due to being vrushya uh, and also shukrala so i think that's an added point i think so and vajikarana dravyas are also best in depression as you have mentioned like useful in depression so right. probably probably jasmine has a strong odor as uh, gurajas rightly pointed out it may act on uh, like ganda so prithyuha bhuta so it may act on ganda and probably this uh, Uh, rose petals it are it is more attractive than the jasmine so it may act through drushti so like all panchendriyas are also involved in the vajikara effect so at least these two and there is milk and other things for a taste and apenga and other things for the skin so panchendriyas should be uh, stimulated and also should be given a vajikara effect sandhya shukra karam payam that is the reason i think for that reason the paya was given yeah. and also considering all these things i think clinically there is good amount of uh, hints to suggest that this is useful in say improving the mood uh, and probably a potential contender for antidepressant action probably a clinical trial on this based on uh, exclusively this this explanation can be very well taken up and uh, so somebody has asked like uh, which types of rose should be used in uh, medication uh, guraja sir please it's what uh, we call it as a paneer gulabi it will be very small comparatively and uh, it is the rosa centifolia i think rosa centifolia is the one and uh, it is very typically comes in light pink color and which is used for making uh, preparing rose water as well as um, it is used in manufacturing gulkan thank you sir and uh, i also found a kubjaka variety of rose its plant musk rose rosa mostata uh, as again similar things ragaram sir please yeah to add up uh, there are also roses also used in perfume ether and uh, maybe maybe soap soaps also i think rose is used in uh, preparation of soap also to give that uh, aromatic effect i think even uh, rose is used in uh, beauty clinics for manicure and pedicure purpose so to add to the water 
even the rose drops so multiple dimensions like different areas of use of rose definitely one of the ayurvedic dravya which can be perceived in many different through many different uh, indriyas and uh, important formulations rose water is used uh, for bhavana uh, to um, and to prepare pravalapisti and also in uh, in the preparation of mukta pisti again this pravala and mukta also are used for you know lazuri pitta disorders and also used in psychiatric disorders with uh, high aggressiveness in, even in a schizophrenia especially in mania to control the aggressiveness and uh, money splurging mentality and like i am the king that kind of a, a attitude to control that these are used and probably and, and these are also you know rose is also explained as hridya meaning good for heart and you know prava and mukta are also used uh, in a lot of hridya uh, medicines and, uh, and it is also used in uh, in preparing a manika pisti also so and uh, gulkand and gulab arka are the main main medicines which uh, guru sir has already covered coming to few questions how should rose be used uh, for improving eyesight and uh, laryngitis guru sir please rightly maybe it is point out how it is going to act as chakshushyan maybe when we are using lot of uh, screen and uh, screen time is more and even uh, we are using lot of mobiles and such things computer vision syndrome and of course uh, rose can be used in the form of i mean i mean it is used in the along with the carpura it is used in laryngitis conditions improve the voice where there is a pitta is dominantly and with the following with the kapha the voice box or the udanavata has been occupied or covered something like that so avarana has been done to remove that in such conditions it can be used and for chakshushya purpose even directly uh, rose water can also be dropped to the eyes but how far it is going to improve one's eyesight it is very difficult maybe your vision becomes clarified and your irritation in the eye will reduce and the burning sensation in the eye will reduce maybe watering from the eye will be reduced so this in this way it is going to help probably because of this reason acharya has made a said as a chakshushya and also i seen rose, rose water is taken and a cotton cotton swab is taken and dipped in rose water and kept on the closed eyes this is especially done when someone comes from you know red hot sun in the afternoon and also during summers when someone is traveling excessively or you know even some engineers follow this to cool off the eyes it really relaxes and uh, relieves the burning sensation the question i have about uh, the rose petals with camphor in what proportion sir that we have to use it that is uh, one question the second question is uh, the rose that you are talking about that is used in um, for eyesight etc how common is that rose these days uh, you know that gulabi that typical fragrant rose it's very rare these days so can we use any other rose would that have the same effect typically that um, gulabi or the rose which is uh, very aromatic in nature use it for the purpose of preparing gulkand and uh, rose water most of them are taken away for that purpose and whatever uh, available in the market for regular usage of puja and or decoration purposes is another type of roses so if you ask the same uh, vendor definitely they can provide you the gulabi with that is aroma typically that one but it's called paneer gulabi in here i don't know what exactly they call in us this is a very typical and it is having a very good aroma and these can be used on the eye 
and regarding the combination of uh, camphor and as well as uh, gulabi is concerned one petal of gulabi is taken or the rose is taken in that a pinch of pachikarpur hardwood is also camphor edible type of camphor that is been placed rolled and covered from all direction and it is chewed and swallowed it is going to help you in uh, laryngitis thank you there sir and uh, okay so that that covers all the aspects of rose starting from the ravagana moving directly to kaisiksa uh, topic is of the agantuja disorders it is explained uh, in ashtanga hridaya that a bhuta visha vayu agni someone coming into contact of that and then leading to dosha aggravation leads to uh, leads to agantuja diseases ragram sir can you please explain what exactly is agantuja rogas and why that has been mentioned because is explained that first the positive factor happens and then there is dosha aggravation and then the symptom manifestation almost in even nija rogas also causative factors followed by dosha aggravation pathology and then symptoms so why this categorization is made uh, can please lead us so interesting question uh, once again the diseases there is a big classification of diseases many many fold classification one among that is uh, nija and agantuja so another classification is nija agantuja and manasika uh, manasika roga so where uh, the diseases related to the mind are also separately mentioned so here uh, coming to agantuja roga agantu is something which is which doesn't belong to us which doesn't belong to the body which has come from outside a foreign substance or a foreign object or something which basically doesn't belong to the body we can consider it as agantuja so here uh, when we see the nijarogas and agantuja rogas are totally different nijarogas are those which are caused by the doshas the dosha aggravation so when the doshas are disturbed and put into a state of balance imbalance so as long as they are in balance they don't uh, produce any disease but uh, when they are put into imbalance so we know that uh, the kshaya doesn't uh, do much only some small manipulations and adjustments shall be done and different stages of uh, prakopa or different uh, uh, variants like even uh, prakopa prasara and from there on going through the disease stages till where the doshas take and produce a disease uh, is called as uh, nijarogas again coming to the nijarogas itself the dosha aggravation also differs from person to person the etiological factors also differs from person to person how they are caused and other things and straight away coming to so because it was important to know what are uh, the nijarogas straight away coming to the agantuja rogas agantu as i already said something which has come from outside uh, heber sir has already mentioned the different causes so it may be at the physical level or at uh, the mental level also we will uh, touch upon that so here uh, uh, the visha or uh, the vayu contaminated or polluted air so agni as you can see there so the injuries from all these things the disease process will start so in nijaroga any etiological factors we will see what is a nidana first nidana means something which has the setu kartavyatako so that means a factor is called as an etiological factor of a disease when it has a capacity to produce a entire disease process it should not initiate it, it's not like just disturbing sanchaya and prakopa that is why they are not the stages of diseases and prasara wherein there is spread of doshas is also not a stage uh, not a disease the disease is called disease only in the fifth and sixth stages of kriya kala or the stages of the disease where in fifth stage the disease gets manifested in the fourth stage in the first stage there is accumulation of doshas in the second stage that is what we call as sanchaya archaya the second stage is called as prakopa wherein there is aggravation of doshas 
So the chaya itself will go further aggravation. And prasara is a stage where the aggravated doshas will tend to flow to the other parts of the body. They may go and contaminate the other parts of the body. Next, these doshas which are in circulation are in search of a weak tissue. We call that as sthana. sthana. So there they will go and lodge. That is called as sthana samshraya. So the doshas, aggravated doshas are circulating in the body. They are trying to find out a weak and susceptible dhatu or the tissue. Once they find, they lodge there. Like uh, they can easily find out uh, which dhatus are wrong. So these dhatus we call them as dushyas. And the malas are also called as dushyas. So the excreta are also called as dushyas. For a disease to manifest, nija or aguntu vyadi, the dosha dusha samurchana, the interlocking or amalgamation of aggravated dosha and a weak or susceptible or a compromised tissue. This event is very, very essential. This takes place in the fourth stage, that is the samshaya, where the doshas try to enter the weak tissues, weaker dhatus. So once they go into the dhatus, the reaction starts and the reaction between dosha and dusha or the tissue will give rise to a set of unclear signs and symptoms. These signs and symptoms will depict or indicate that in future, within a few hours or few days, a disease will be manifested. The disease has not yet manifested in the fourth stage also. But there are symptoms which indicate a future disease will be formed, or a disease will be formed in future. Those symptoms are called as pururupas. In modern language, we call it as prodroma or prodromal symptoms or premonitory symptoms of a disease. And after that, the dosha dosha samurchana completes in the fifth stage. It starts in the fourth stage, tanashamshaya, and completes in the fifth stage. Some pre premonitory symptoms disappear, some get matured into the symptoms, and some new symptoms are added in the vectavas. So this is the sequence of the formation of a disease. And the last stage is stage of complication. In the vectavasta, the disease manifests completely with its signs and symptoms. And we name a disease like Jwara, Rattapitta, Asa, Yakshma, Rameha, etc., etc., in the fifth stage only. Until then, the disease does not get a nomenclature, it doesn't get a name. And going ahead, Veda is a stage of complications where the disease further progresses and gets into the stage of complications, difficult to treat. Why these six stages have been explained? To indicate that each stage is successively tougher than the previous one. Sanchaya is the easiest stage to treat if a doctor can identify and Veda is the toughest stage where even the sadhya sadhya, the prognosis of the disease, whether it is curable or not, will be decided by this. We will come back to Nidana. A Nidana is any etiological factor which satisfies the disease process or a Samprapti we call it as, it has to initiate progress and complete the disease process until the disease is manifested and the disease is named. Only then it is called as Nidana. Well, let us take, for example, there are two people. One person, both people are exposed to the same uh, etiological factors, like exposure to cold breeze. They have gone to the same party. They have taken cold drinks. They have taken a lot of sweet. And there is Kapha aggravation in both those people. So one person may not have adequate Kapha aggravation so as to cause a disease. It may cause Kapha disturbance and it will settle down. So because in that person, the Kapha did not have the strength to go ahead and produce a disease. In that person, it is not called as a Nidana. In the next person, B, the same causes exposure to cold wind, drinking cold drinks, consumption of excessive sweets will cause symptoms and it will progress to become worse with time. And it may even cause some cough or sore throat or something for established number of days. For the person B, 
these things are considered as etiological factors or nidana because they could complete a disease process they could answer a question completely for the given number of marks so that is why they are called as uh, nidana so here in nijarogas uh, the nidanas are those which aggravate vata or pitta or kapha they may be in the form of ahara that is foods vihara so in the form of life activities and many more things even the stress factor and many more like being excessively anxious may aggravate water being excessively reactive or angry can aggravate pitta excess sedentary life can aggravate kapha so these things so it can be in the form of a food or an activity or anything or the like in, impact of climates and many situations on these doshas so these are called as the nidanas which aggravate vata pitta and kapha and those aggravated vata pitta and kapha goes through these six stages of pathogenesis attack the weaker tissues get lodged there and create some reaction and produce a disease these are called as nijarogas and coming to agantuja rogas agantu is caused by the external factors they are caused by external factors like an injury or an effect of poison or an effect of a fall and uh, when we consider manas or the mind uh, mind trauma and uh, even uh, today's uh, microorganisms like a bacterial infection or sepsis or anything can be considered as agantuja roga so which comes from outside the causative factor is outside and it can be identified the factor can be identified other than vata pitta or kapha okay so we will also touch upon some examples like there is agantuja jwara a fever will is fever classification is a big one charaka has contributed a big chapter for uh, jwara jwara has many types there is also an agantuja jwara there so here what happens agant in jwara prakarana so charaka in the context of uh, jwara charaka explains four types of agantus or agantuja how they can occur and the treatment also will be in accordance to that so what happens in agantuja is so we may get a question whether the doshas are involved here or not doshas are involved but in a later context first there is abhigata or abhishanga or abhishapa as you can see on the slide there these are the four different types or the four different factors which are causing agantuja diseases wherever agantu is mentioned in some diseases agantu type is not mentioned but we can infer so right in the jwara which is the first disease which to be explained by charaka master has explained abhigataja abhishangaja abhishapa and abicharas four different factors or four different categories of agantuja disorders or the diseases caused by external agents so this rule many rules and regulations indicated in the jwara prakarana or the fever what we can call it as are applicable to many other disorders where agantuja is mentioned or not mentioned also now we have a condition called as urakshata which has been explained in the context of rajayakshana urakshata is a chest injury from which many symptoms are formed there agantuja rajayakshana we don't uh, get a mention of that instead of that we have a condition called as urakshata when you go through the causative factors of urakshata or a chest injury all are external itself so indirectly or directly this is also an agantuja itself because the causative factors are external there is a fall and other things also there is injury there is wrestling lot more things doing exercises beyond one's capacity okay pulling and pushing things falling down so many things are included so it's in indirect type of uh, agantuja factors here so we may consider the same factors to aggravate doshas also in agantuja rogas what happens is in a later context the doshas are involved not at the beginning first there is an injury or there is an insult injury or insult both those words i am using and then following that the doshas will get involved 
same pattern happens in manasika roga also mental disorders first the mind gets afflicted rajo and tamoguna are disturbed first the mind gets disturbed and there is some disturbances in the mind and later it affects the body and then the body doshas are physical doshas are disturbed so in nijarogas first physical doshas vata pitta kapha are aggravated singly doubly or in combination in agantuja first there is an injury or an insult and then the dosha aggravation take place and the dosha aggravation will also follow its own sequence of production of the disease in manasika roga the mind is afflicted first rajo and tamogunas are afflicted the satvika guna takes a beating and then the person is disturbed by mind and later the body is also affected so body and mind are two sides of the same coin and then the vata pitta kapha gets aggravated it's not a rule but will get aggravated if the disease extends for a pretty long time so these are the different patterns of diseases where we need to understand where dosha involvement is there but dosha involvement is there at some stage the doshas will get involved so coming to uh, the four stages in brief abhigataja is due to injury already as dr hebar sir has mentioned there it is due to injury mainly due to some external agents like cuts wounds all those things fire burns and uh, see that uh, that is a beating from a whip or a stick bamboo fist so many things are even a, a bite by the teeth all these things are considered as uh, abhigataja and when we come to abhishangaja so that is uh, the second one uh, so abhishangaja again kama shoka bhaya krodha so all these things see here the mental attributes are given here there is kama so there is desire there is grief fear anger and at last bhuta has been mentioned here very important for us so bhuta can be taken in two contexts here one type of bhuta has been explained in unmada bhuta unmada like the spirits and evil forces which we cannot see are causing the disease so things which cannot be seen can also be considered as bacteria virus fungus infectious agents and all those things because when we go through the bhuta unmada or bhuta ja unmada many are psychiatric conditions many are mental disorders apart from that they may also be because the word bhuta has been see, uh, mentioned there unseen unexperienced things there may be some uh, some type of uh, infections and other things or contact with something which we don't know can happen for example in charaka chikitsa master charaka gives one more uh, quotation so before that uh, uh, okay so i'll take that uh, example uh, this one reference vishavruksha anila sparshat there he mentions a breeze following through the uh, that is flowing through the vishavruksha like a toxic plant or a poisonous tree when it comes into contact with the skin or when the person inhales that okay it may not be a plant it may be only an example there so here it means to tell that the air or the breeze carrying some agents can also afflict you due to the exposure due to breathing of such air so when we see all these things vishangaja can comprises of some things which into which we come into contact with unknown forces along with that the mental conditions like kama shoka desire is good excessive desire here uncontrolled desire uncontrolled grief uncontrolled fear or anger so we need to take ati that word has to be used there so or unmonitored or unbalanced so vishavruksha anila sparsha is one more thing okay annehi vishayi sambhavai again charaka tells other toxic elements or toxic gases or poisonous substances anything can come into contact with you and cause those diseases and then we'll go to the third variety abhichara or abhishanga abhichara and abhishanga so these are the three the fourth uh, that is third and fourth uh, uh, factors 
Abhichara here means uh, the spells or exorcism, we can call it as a black magic or conjuring. So somebody doing something from outside so that it affects your mind and later it also affects your uh, body. So suppose uh, if you come to know that somebody has conjured or somebody has done a black magic on you, it will play on your mind continuously. So for example, if you see some uh, unwanted and unreliable thing, you open the main door and see some lemons or uh, uh, chilies uh, pierced with some uh, uh, pin or something or nail or something which has been placed in front of your door. So that probably so is a belief that somebody has done some black magic or witchcraft and they have kept it uh, near your door. So that keeps on, you don't know who has kept and what has happened, but it keeps on playing on your mind. Here the manasika doshas are disturbed. Later the doshas will take, uh, uh, come into the play and uh, cause the diseases. So here the mind factor first and the physical factor later. Abhishapa again means curse or uh, conjuring or excommunication, what we can call it as all those things. So these are the four varieties of uh, Agantuja Rogas or the Agantuja uh, conditions, the factors which cause Agantuja Rogas. Here what happens is, so how to identify the Agantuja Roga? Agantuja Roga is identified on the basis of that first they are not caused by the doshas. The disease process is not initiated first by the doshas. That is the first category. The second category, it should fit into the category of Abhigata, Abhichara, Abhishanga, etc. If one of these factors are causing the Agantuja Roga, uh, any disease, then it will be considered as Agantuja Roga. And in a later uh, uh, time period, the doshas will be aggravated. So the context or the examples are uh, Agantuja has been mentioned in Jwara, in Unmada, and uh, where else? Agantuja Chardi also is mentioned in the Chardi. We can come through that. Bagandara, Vidradi, and uh, in Shota also we have uh, Abhigataja and uh, Vishaja Shota. So these also may be considered Abhigataja and Vishaja Shota. So as I mentioned, Bagandara, Vidradi is there. So Jwara, Unmada are always there. So where uh, uh, these uh, Agantuja varieties have been. Uh, mentioned and coming to Daha, Agantuja has not been mentioned, but Shataja and Marma Bigataja Daha. We are having these two conditions Shataja due to injury and Marma Bigataja Daha due to injury to the Marmas. So these two can be considered as uh, examples. Coming to the treatment, initially we need to see uh, if it is Agantuja Roga, if the factors are there, like uh, a grief or a sorrow in the mental conditions, they need to be detached. Again, counseling and also the some. Uh, uh, encouragement to the patient, the dairy atma, the vitnanam, as we tell, those needs to be given. And if there is an injury or there is a cut or a wound or whatever it is there, so exorcism is there, we need to identify the factor and isolate them. Nidana Parivajana has to be done So with these things. So in Agantuja Roga, another mainstay of the treatment is also Daiva Vyapashraya Chikitsa. It will be an elaborate topic. Uh, so divine therapy, we can call it as supernatural therapies. Daiva Vyapashraya Chikitsa also should be considered in this particular uh, condition. And if doshas are involved and the doshic predominance is seen, the dosha balancing strategies including shodhana, shamana, patya, and yoga, meditation, everything can be brought into the uh, picture. So this is uh, a brief uh, thing about Agantuja, I suppose. There was another question that now because uh, it is explained Bhuta, is, uh, you know, so, some authors come, compare Bhuta with say, microorganisms. Can sepsis be considered as Agantuja or not? One way to answer that is you know, sepsis can happen both due to external causes like an, uh, an injury causing sepsis and also a microbial infection uh, due to internal cause also can happen. So 
only if it is coming through an external injury, such a sepsis can be considered as Aganthaja Roga. Correct, sir? Raghuram, sir? Absolutely, sir. So that is the way to understand uh, if it is caused most of the sepsis, we know it is. It has a base in infections and infections uh, will proceed ahead to uh, create a cascade like a sequence or uh, what we can call it as a uh, continuous chain of events in the body. So that is what we call it as sepsis. It is, uh, uh, see, once there is an infection, there is a response in, uh, in the body. Uh, that response from the immune system in an exaggerated way or in an improper way will cause uh, sepsis and sepsis has different uh, symptoms. Though sep sepsis has a set of symptoms where physical uh, conditions are involved, but when we see the cause will be from the outside, most of the times like an infection and other things. As uh, the uh, question itself uh, clarifies, uh, it, it can be considered. So seeing through the Ayurveda lens, it can be considered the way you explain. Thank you, sir. And uh, there is another question that uh, does Avichara work only when you become cognizant of the fact that witchcraft has been done or can the disease manifest even without being aware of it? Without yes. being without being being aware. So that, that needs to be, so it, it can be. So not only being aware, being aware plays on your mind. Without being aware also many people are afflicted and in a later part of time they will come to know why their diseases are not curable so easily and somebody points out an astrologer or some somebody who is specialized in that uh, uh, science of uh, astrology or sorcery may uh, give a clarification that probably since uh, no reason has been found out and no treatment is working out with you better see if something has been done do these things these measures like shanti homa visiting temples and lot more things and daiva vapashra and just see and in many conditions doing this daiva vapashra chikitsa magically works out in those conditions that clearly gives a clue that there are some things some factors beyond our understanding which might have caused those diseases maybe the infections also so that is why they are considered under uh, bhuta or uh, bhuta vidya so yes, uh, knowingly or unknowingly, there may be an impact of uh, bhuta. So does the effect of vastu like South Western house also come under abhichara? Probably yes, right? Sir? Yes, sir. So it, it it will come. So that is uh, the classification where we can put it through. Sir, regarding and Jaroga, sir, just I need any clarification for that. Yeah. Uh, example I am taking is a raja action. If it is considered as a tuberculosis, as a disease comparatively. Then whether it is considered as a Nija or Agantija, one thing, sir. And the second thing is, uh, if uh, it's an Abhighataja, if any external injuries has been happened regarding the injuries, after that, there is a formation of sepsis or infections or any information is there. In that conditions, whether that is considered as an Agantija Vadi or directly or an Nija Vadi. Or if uh, sometimes, uh, first, uh, uh, directly one example is there nowadays uh, that is uh, COVID-19. That is a uh, infection has been come from outside. Then later symptoms has been going to be seen. This Agantuja, later it become a Nija. But uh, you can able to understand regarding this. Absolutely, Karim sir. Uh, so the answer is yes, it can be considered because uh, Vishavayu and other things uh, have been clearly mentioned by Master Charaka. So we can consider the COVID example you have given also. Uh, though the symptoms are physical, but the agent causing uh, the disease, see, uh, anything which causes a disease which is not a dosha, can be considered uh, as Agantuja itself. And including uh, the example you have given about Raja Ekshma, there is an injury and later uh, the doshas come to that uh, 
a particular uh, place and take over uh, the disease process and they uh, they go ahead to pro produce a disease process and complete the pathogenesis or the sampratti so though the most of the things are done by doshas in a later condition we need to see from where it starts where it all starts uh, the root point of where the disease has started seeing those things it, they can be considered as agantha uh, thank you this and and uh, there's another question here like how to distinguish between nija and agantha just by looking at the disease symptoms ashanas or uh, just by looking at a disease symptoms or lakshanas how to know nidana program sir agantuja rogas will all uh, already be that is why that is the point i mentioned so agantuja rogas will have something coming from the outside so they should fit into the category of abhigata abhishanga abhichara abhishapa how to fit some diseases they have to fit in those factors okay maybe like a abhishapa and other things we will come to know very much later so initially we start treating a disease as nijaroga itself here upashaya anupashaya will come into the question we will think that it is a nijaroga treatments are given multiple doctors are attending no symptomatic relief no disease is relieved so ultimately the patient will go to the uh, some sorcerer or some uh, astrologist and uh, probably seeing their planetary positions that days and other things or through some examination or through their expertise they will tell that you need to do this daivapashra chikitsas or take a different route to cure this diseases no medicine is going to cure your disease at that point abhichara or abhishapa can be diagnosed until then the doctors will treat it as a nijaroga itself so here again upashaya anupashaya since it is not subsiding with anything and subsiding with the daivapashra chikitsa that is a point of conclusion where we can tell that it might be an abhichara or abhishapa and it was not a nijaroga but we were treating the doshas and the dosha related symptoms there or the disease thinking that it is caused by the doshas uh, uh, thank you sir uh, guras sir please whenever uh, agantuja has to be considered many times we try to find out something which is marked from the outside it is entering to the body and later it is giving rise to the manifestation of doshic imbalances it is uh, it typically depends on the person for example one who is very much educated and all those things then if you consider and tell him that this disease may be because somebody has given shapa to you or somebody has done some abhichara to you because of that uh, black magic uh, witchcraft you have been suffering from may not be going to readily accept it and even we are not in a position to readily establish this is the science behind this is happens like this it is very difficult but those who are having a faith on those other things are readily get afflicted with these things for example one who believes in bhuta daiya all these things so definitely if you say this is because of your uh, vitiated vayu or something like that or bhuta something that it readily accept this and goes for the deva bhasha chikitsa but whereas educated so called educated person may not straight away accept this and until unless all other modalities fails then is doctors say that it is not possible we can't understand what is exactly these things then if somebody says see you got something with the nagadosha something with the you know you need to go to there and there you do some some homa havana yajna then only he starts believing in that so this is what typically we can see that but still while identifying agantuja something like that for example a person never played or since a long time has not played suddenly goes for a cricket match and plays a whole day and the next morning he will have a lot of muscle pain and uh, end up in jora so this is agantuja one so something like that the abhigata has taken from because of the injury or some squirrel has been taken place he had a some uh, skirmish with the people him they might have hit him and he might have hit somebody so he might have an injury 
it may be a blunt injury that blunt injury may be causing jwara next day that is also there this is also agantuja so typically such type of things will be there where evidently we can make out something a factor which is responsible for the increase of the doshas inside the body otherwise the one which is uh, happens inside the body without the much thing is usually our own uh, way of responding to dinacharya ruchacharya and the food what we consume slowly we will altering our doshic imbalance inside the body day by day and many days and at the end it may end up in a roga so that is not the agantuja category agantuja category will have a, a very sharp manifestation soon after the when it comes in contact with the body or something it thinks happens are there any marked symptoms exclusively for agantuja rogas meaning just with the symptoms can we diagnose a disease as agantuja cause is it possible yeah it is uh, i think uh, some separate uh, symptoms are mentioned in the classics uh, i think the charaka is the best uh, uh, point of reference so where uh, at least uh, some to make some differentiation some uh, symptoms are given and again when we go to, go to so the injury see abigataja there will be external injury or something and uh, when we uh, go to the bhuta or the bhuta concept uh, and when we read through the uh, charaka samhita so ummada prakarana so where there we will get a set of symptoms according to each bhuta so we don't know whether it is a bhuta or a mental condition or an infection long sustaining some condition which is causing these things okay so like that uh, so we can find even in jwara prakarana also while explaining particular reasons like vishavayu and all those things particular etiological factors and particular symptoms of uh, these uh, four conditions have also been explained in the classics so the point of reference will be uh, charaka so and uh, other treatises we can get the symptoms there thank you all see you in the next session of uh, guru bodha next time namaste